Hey, America. Start, Start listening, listening now. now. All right. Look, Perfect. ESC got Bailey's as their sponsor. How do we what get do in we, on this? Yeah. What do we need to do? We haven't been able to get that sweet, sweet Tunnock's money. We haven't been able to get that sweet, sweet LaCroix money. I know. We're getting a little bit of sweet, sweet Patreon money. But how? How do we get on the Bailey's bandwagon? I've got it. We're getting sweet old Dr. McKillicuddy's schnapps money. Ooh. And welcome to another old-timey episode of 12 Points from America, a Eurovision Song Contest podcast from America, the country that created Peepsy. I'm Eric. I'm Derek. I'm disgusted, but I'm also Samantha. And I'm Danny. Is this a abomination for the Easter season? Like, well, yeah. So, so, like... so there's a there's a um, there there's a new Pepsi. Yes, Peeps flavored. Sure. So it's called <sighs> Pe- actually it's not called Peepsy because they're not for some reason they're not allowed to call it Peepsy. It's just Pepsi with Peeps flavor. Pepsi Pepsi with Pe- why couldn't okay I just yeah. all right. It's just going to be the the springtime version of Pilk. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Remember, I had that dream, dream flavored Coke that one time, uh, and and tried to see, you know, what is what does that taste like? Well, I can't. I I don't know for sure uh, if Peepsy is better or worse than that, but I'm about to find out. Oh, oh God! Oh God! No! All right, looking that down. Sam, hit him with the socials. Oh, God. Yeah, anything uh, to distract us from the incoming horror that's, oh, God, oh, he's God. opening it. Uh, <laughs> we're recording TV. remotely, but I could smell it from here. Oh, God. Oh, man. Uh, this yeah, thing, you can uh, reach. Uh, I, I, it smells very strong. Well, Go on. All right. Well, drink it before I <laughs> interrupt no, you. No, no, give him the, no, give him the socials and I'll, uh, sure? I'll report back. Uh, no. Okay. I mean, if I die, this is it. So thanks, everyone. But, well. uh, <laughs> Well, you can memorialize Eric on our social media. Uh, it's one two points USA <laughs> on all the the normal places where you can find your social media, um, or just email us directly at twelve points from America at gmail.com. You can find us basically wherever your little heart desires, including on Patreon. If you'd like to support us financially, a little bit of a contribution per month gets you earlier access to our episodes, uh, some exclusive content, and it's just another way to reach out to us. Uh, our normal oh, it's content bad. isn't. Oh. <laughs> Patreon is good for the record. Soda bad. Yeah. Oh, so this is, so uh, our our hope for getting that sweet, okay, sweet uh, our Peepsy's money isn't going anywhere, huh? Well, I I'm gonna try and get my Peepsy money back. This is uh, this uh, is I think this is worse than the Dream Coke. Actually, this is uh, this is really weird. Oh, it does right. kind the Dream of taste. Coke beat you at a submission eventually. <laughs> eventually, I mean, we'll see what happens with. Peepsy, but uh, the f- first impression is not good. Listen, podcast listeners, what do you want from your Eurovision podcast? Eurovision stuff? No, it's weird soda crap and uh, other nonsense. So, so that's what we're here here to do. Uh, I'm not going to well. do one of those BS YouTube videos where we try everything from the McDonald's dollar menu. God, yeah, we yeah, we're gonna do a nice YouTube video where we're influencers, and then you know the thumbnail is us going like oh or like what you know <laughs> a lot of big impact style font right across it. Yeah, I'd like to become yeah. the most insufferable people on the internet. 
Uh, did you hit him with well, all the socials there, Sam? Did you? I have not. You, I, I was still okay. talking before I got interrupted by. Uh, Pour out Eric's the rest of that Pepsi bottle of. Uh, all right, yeah. I, I wanted to. I wanted to thank our newest patron. Uh, Kevin has joined us. Uh, just Kevin. I don't think thank Kevin you, has Kevin. a last name. Just Kevin. Thank you. If for you joining need some Pepsi, Kevin, I have some. <laughs> and uh, if you are listening to us uh, via our friends over at Switch Radio Europe, uh, we're super, super happy to have you joining us uh, through the airwaves this week. Uh, thanks so much to Switch Radio Europe for having us as part of their family. So sweet. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, speaking of sponsorships and beverages, uh, ideally those that are more palatable, we kind of alluded to it in our cold open, but um, Eurovision Song Contest, no longer just a Moroccan oil joint. Uh, this will also be sponsored by Bailey's, it turns out, this year. Uh, beautiful. Let's try uh, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining, you know, the the big space they had in the... In the, the um... In the, the press, press center, center the <laughs> for, for for Moroccan oil, except instead of all of that, it's just Bailey's. Wall yeah, but people are still the floor. So, people are still Weird. so used to it being Moroccan oil that they're just rubbing Bailey's into their scalp. Mm-hmm. How do you know like they're not doing that anyway? I mean, I mean, I would. It's it's my my beauty secret. Ooh. How I lost it's all how my I hair. Get my, it's how I get my brain drunk <laughs> through absorption. I I do have to say, it is actually kind of a really sweet touch. I mean, granted, you know, sponsorship money, sponsorship money. And for those of you who do imbibe, do so responsibly. But Bailey's is fun. I enjoy a Bailey's oh, every now and God, again. Um, I gotta stop no, What? Well, <laughs> stop drinking the Pepsi. But uh, there was always this running gag that Terry Wogan, longtime contributor and 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 Eurovision voice for the uh, for the BBC, for better or for worse. I was gonna say, yeah, Eurovision eye-rolling voice. <laughs> I know. Like I said, better or for worse, for many people, he was a touchstone. But there was a running gag that by, I believe it was song nine, either song nine or somewhere in that general vicinity, he would have a drink and it would traditionally be Bailey's. So there's sort of this ongoing gag of, all right, we're at song nine. Lift your, gla- lift your glasses for Terry. Are they going to be passing out shots in the audience when song nine comes up? Like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but... It's a very, very nice little. No, little no, I'm curious about. Uh, I need to fire up the Statmotron for a moment. Uh, right mm-hmm. after I barf my guts out from the Pepsi I just had. What What are our favorite song nines from the uh, f- from the course of the Eurovision Song Contest? And if you don't know, that's fine. I'm going to tell you what the song nines were. I was going to say I can't memory. rack my. Brain. I can't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, When did uh, When did When did Terry uh, stop? doing uh this uh yeah terry wogan's last eurovision was 2008 with russia's win and he basically noped out of there after that gotcha yeah he was he was the voice of eurovision in the uk um on and off for a couple of years but his earliest one was 1973 then he was back in 78 and then from 1980 through 2008 it was it was all wogan all Wogan all the time. Mm-hmm. No, thank uh, you. Well, uh, a, a few a few notable songs that performed in spot nine. Uh, ne partez pas sans moi uh, was Ooh, okay. the ninth spot. The very first winner of uh, of Eurovision, Refrain by uh, Lise Asia, uh, was also in the ninth spot. I was going to say, was ninth just last, though? 
Uh, it was pretty close, yeah. Uh, <laughs> France, France's winner uh, in 1962, Henri Premier Amour and uh, Merci Chéri from Austria in 1966 are the other winners from that spot. Uh, mm -hmm. In more recent years, we've had, uh, let's see, A Monster Like Me uh, was was in spot was nine. That from? Uh, 2015. 2015. Yeah. 15. Uh, Franz, if I were sorry, was ninth. Occidentalis Karma was ninth. Um, our our favorite uh, stage invasion, Storm uh, by Surrey, that was ninth. God, <laughs> uh, Too Late for Love was ninth. Oh, for real? Yeah, Mislofania, that was ninth. Ooh, that's a classic. Was ninth. Last I can't year. imagine taking a shot of Bailey's or you know sipping on a glass of Bailey's after Too Late for Love. Like, it's just, I don't know. What was next? Okay, here's the thing. When it was too late for love, what came 10th? What am I preparing myself for? What am that's, I bracing for? That's the for? big question, yeah. That's the question. I think Terry was after he knew that number 10 might have been the cursed spot. Oh, I see what you mean. Well, let's yeah. see. After too late for love uh, in 2019 was Sebi. So... Oh no! Oh, yeah. actually, I can no, imagine Sebi. sipping sipping some nice smooth Bailey's to mm. some Sebi. Yeah, that could be a mood. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to Terry uh, Terry's time, uh, Wild Dances was in the ten spot. Uh, so we had uh, at least one winner there. This was after his time, but Heroes was also tenth. This is the Bailey's for my time. <laughs> How's that go again? Sorry. This is the Baileys of our go. time. I don't know. We are the Baileys. Who knows? All right. We are the Baileys we gotta get of out of our here. time. We got to get out of here. There's, there's yeah. too much Baileys happening right now. All I know is I can't uh. drink Moroccan oil from a shoe. So I'm very happy with this, <laughs> Larg. With this decision. Well, we've taken a moment to look at Eurovision past. Well, let's look at Eurovision future and the mm -hmm. stuff that's... Uh, been selected this last week or so. Um, we've had a few selections, actually not that many selections, um, just one. I think after that Super Saturday that we had two weeks ago, everything has just been, <sighs> we had one selection um, this past weekend at time of recording. Uh, over in Lithuania, Monica Linkite, stay. Uh, she's a returnee from Eurovision 2015 when she sang this time with Valdis Vamila. Uh, this time she's there as a soloist. Uh, and one of uh, just a handful of returnees that we have so far. Because we have her, we have Marco Mangoni, and we'll see what happens uh, potentially with Moldova. We may have a uh, returnee coming up from them, but that's a discussion for another day, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, any okay. any thoughts Any thoughts on Monica Linkate? Just glad that Lithuania, Lithuania keeps sending Monica's. Uh, let's hope it works out for them again this time. Lithuania is going to be in the second semifinal, hmm. just for the record. So, yeah, we don't know. It's still early, and it's, you know, it's a sort of downbeat, more chill, mid-tempo kind of song. So there's always a spot in the world for that. Um, but we'll see, I think, what happens. Uh, we've we had more about semi two at this point, though, don't we? I think we do. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, we're still, at, again, at time of recording. Who knows what's going to happen between recording and release. Uh, we're waiting on the song from Armenia. We're waiting on the release of Cyprus's song uh, from Andrew Lambrew. We know it's going to be called Break a Broken Heart. Uh, we are waiting for the release of Greece's song, What They Say, by Victor Vernikos. Uh, Iceland will have their national final on March 4th. 
waiting on Austria and Georgia's songs for Tia and Selena and Iru, respectively. Uh, Poland will be selecting on, on February 26th and San Marino on the 25th. So those will be coming up pretty soon. Uh, there are a lot more sort of open open questions over in semifinal one. Again, at time of recording, we're waiting to hear from these selections from Portugal and Serbia and Finland and Moldova and Sweden. And we are waiting on internal selections uh, from Azerbaijan. It'll come sometime in March. And kind of our next topic, Switzerland released the name of their singer, Remo Foray. Four Foray? It's, it's Switzerland. I don't know whether to go. Yeah, I don't, I don't could, know. Yeah, it could be any of them. <laughs> Remo Forer sounds like a Star Wars guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're automatically voting for Remo Forer. Is that what it is then? Well, if if we're to believe that one algorithm, he's going to win. Oh, God. So, well, so his congrats song to Remo Forer of Tatooine on, uh, on winning. <laughs> uh, Wait, on he's on from winning. Cloud City. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. It's Switzerland. It's very wrong of me. Very fair. Yeah. Uh, so Rio was the winner of the Voice Switzerland back in 2020. Uh, so, you know, definite uh, experience in musical competition. Uh, he is still a relatively young one. He's only about 21 years old, which, again, makes me feel ancient. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll get his song relatively soon. Uh, a song that we did have in its full entirety released this past week was from France. We knew La Zara was performing for France, but her song, uh, Evidemment, or Evidently, obviously, uh, was released this weekend. Uh, first thoughts, guys? Uh, it's extremely French. Yeah, if I could sum it up in one word, it would be France. We're doing that similar type of chanteuse quasi-cabaret thing here. We're banking on that emotional French power. But she's Canadian. Which is handy for them. Yeah, it's handy for them because they have been trying to switch over from nuclear recently. So if they could just harness this and it's potent enough, then I've got high hopes for the country of France. I, I don't know how well it's going to do. I think it'll do significantly better than last year. But man, oh man, watching it, I just feel cooler watching it. See, I feel less cool just because I know I'll never be as cool as La Sarra. <laughs> yeah. I will never, ever <laughs> be that. cool. Yes. But this is kind of cool. Like, you know, she's put a lot of effort, but it makes her oh. look easy. No, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's, oh yeah. But it's, it's a chanson, but it's a very modern chanson. It's a very relevant mm -hmm. chanson. It doesn't feel dated or anything like that. As much as I love, uh, voila, there was a very sort of, retro feel to the to that mm -hmm. this feels a lot more modern but still has that sort of very very french classic vibe to it i just want to say i'm the most excited about it because i've listened to it a few times now and i've noticed that it's written in a particular way that serves a live performance mm -hmm. and there's definitely clear points where she can really go off and do those vocal uh reaches that wouldn't necessarily be present in the studio version but it's clear, like at the end, oh, th there's a spot. Like, okay, she's just going to belt it out at here at the at this point. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see what she does with it live. And I've heard her other songs where she has done that, and it sounds really good. So mm. it definitely seems to be kind of straddling that line between the the Babs, uh, Chanteuse sort of thing, and then something a little more modern. Even though in this case, by modern we mean like disco. Uh, 
<laughs> but you know, it's it it does have a, a a bit more of a of a modern vibe to it than a voila. Is Babs involved in this one? Not to my knowledge, no. Uh, it's not a junior song, so. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it's gonna be the first song in about a year that she hasn't had her fingers in. Yeah. I guess she didn't have a lot to do with Fulen, but other than that, uh, I wish. So the other song that was just released uh, today, frankly, as we're recording, was Australia, Voyager, with their song Promise. And now Voyager came in a Voyager. very close second place in yeah. last year's Australian national final. Uh, the powers that be have decided to go for an internal selection for Australia this year. They've just said, you know, Voyager, you're going. And so uh, the band from Perth, the prog rock, I guess you could almost say prog rock. That's what they call themselves. Uh, yeah. yeah. They will be uh, representing, uh, representing Australia in, in Liverpool. And you can tell that they are absolutely stoked about it too. So a little bit of history about Voyager. Uh, they were formed in 1999. They've had a bit of, you know, some lineup changes since then, but they have basically been performing more or less consistently since 1999. Um, number of, of how many albums do they have here? Two, four, seven. six, seven, seven albums uh, already on the Australian scene. And it's just fun. It's loud. And the dude has got hair. Like, I love this. I, I'm so happy. When I heard it was Voyager, I'm like, yes, thank you. Yes. There were like a handful of Australian acts I would have been very happy with, but Voyager just, yes. I can't get it out of my head that the lead singer looks like Alex Horn if he was in a metal band. Oh my God. Oh no! <laughs> I was thinking. I, oh, I, yes. I keep thinking. I keep thinking he looks like a Jermaine Clement character. He oh, does. Sure. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, that that if if Flight of the Concords went in a more prog direction, he would just look like this. Like it is a little mean to say it, but they all sort of look like if you tried to assemble a prog rock band of men who are not in their twenties, like in and your head. And one woman. There is a woman. This is just that. Yeah, the, that's yeah right. they're not yes, all yes, men. Yes. Yes. But like, that's men, it. <laughs> that's that's right. Uh, I'm very glad that this is the selection too. Like, uh, in my opinion, this uh, song is not as good as what Voyager brought to the national final last year. But I'm very glad to see uh, Australia taking advantage of the fact that they are uh, uh, 40 time zones uh, ahead of Europe, and so that they can't they can't stop them in time. Uh, so they went with Voyager before they could be stopped. <laughs> It's interesting, too. This is the first time they've sent a band and the first time they've mm. sent a white male singer. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose so. Finally, a chance for white yeah, men. Right. <laughs> um, I was Ooh. reading an article from the Sydney Morning Herald uh, that uh, quotes Paul Clark, who is the uh, uh, creative manager. director of the for the delegation, I think. He's the former oh, head. Yeah. I think he was their head from 2015 to gotcha. 2019. I'm not sure what his current involvement is, but yeah. and this is this is weird. He he describes Voyager as Monty Python meets Craftwork. Excuse I can see me? that. Ooh, you can see that because I don't know if I can see that. That's uh, like it's just odd because they're not. I don't, I don't think they're a 
they're comedy. Yeah, you know. It's just, this is not a joke act at all. He wants all. to say they're yeah. bizarre, but like, is it just that they are bizarre because they're not like sean mendez like i don't know what's going on i don't know it what could be it, it may it might be their off stage banter like i i've seen like a couple of little pieces of sure. them kind of interacting with each other and they are lighthearted. they are definitely fun it could yeah. be that when when press and the powers that be go to interview these folks as a really quick aside, uh, this is something I've been wanting to mention for a few episodes. The Voyager being the act is one of a number of of uh, of things that have that have been, shall we say, predicted by the ESC crystal ball. Oh. Uh, and 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 I know people really love this thing because it seems to have this information early, but uh, it's never it's it's never more than a few hours early which is it kind of just means that it's somebody on the ESC social media team or something like that. That's just leaking stuff out. Um, and or, I just want to say, I don't know. Like I, I understand people want information, but a lot of times for, for social media people, for content creators and things like that, this information getting out in a way other than what's intended can actually be pretty crappy and can be kind of uh, could be kind of harmful to the uh, to the the process and, and and the way things are are meant to be put out there in a way that that creates buzz and momentum and things like that. So I guess what I'm saying is I, I don't I don't feel I don't love the crystal ball account. Uh, uh, Sam, I I know you're not a huge huge fan either. Not particularly. No, I mean knowing from the point of view of somebody who's been on a delegation a couple of years that a lot of these launches are really thought out by a delegation and, you know, in terms of the timing, in terms of making sure that things are not uh, competing with any other delegations uh, to make sure that, you know, messages are, are set in the right way. And just for some random Twitter account to somehow have access to this and, and spoil it, it seems really kind of crappy. And I mean, I don't know where they're getting their information, how they're doing it, if it's nefarious or if something is being passed to them. I don't know, but it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Danny, something, Derek, what do you something think? To, something to think about. I mean, I'm I totally not, get, I totally get from the fan perspective of people <laughs> wanting as much information as they can. I totally get that. You know, people want to be on the cutting edge knowing, oh, this is happening first, but uh, why not? I mean, you're opening up your Christmas presents, Christmas you know, Eve? half an hour early. You know, yeah. what's half an hour early? <laughs> I don't know. I, there is some sort of novelty, and for as long as we've been doing this and 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 uh, uh, covering and following Eurovision, I don't know that there's ever been something that has been that has seemingly done something like this with whatever it access it is that they have things leaking things out early uh as as much as this account has uh they had like the entire uh mgp lineup uh a day or so in advance uh mm -hmm. and and a couple uh, a couple of other things um eh, i don't know I, I i get it i get it but but i would say think think about what you know the the impact that this can have on delegations and on the artists that are are I, that are affected by it. I, it probably mm -hmm. doesn't seem like that much, but but it it can be. 
uh, when when these things are are done in a way that's kind of out of control. Right. I mean, the sad thing about it is everybody wants this information as soon as possible. If it's not this group, it's going to be someone else. I mean, that's kind of the hard thing about it. Someone's going to leak that information and somebody else is going to tweet it or post it on a website or something. But where are these leaks coming from? That's that's the big question. What's the source? Yeah, that's the question. So. And also the fact that you now have a lot of these leaks have involved snippets of demos that were in poor quality or in, like I said, demo forms. And now people are passing judgment on unfinished or less than premium audio content. And people are going in and making judgments based on that saying, oh, this song is terrible or this artist is terrible because of a cruddy snippet of something. And imagine being in the artist's shoes that you're about to be launched into this this social media environment and people are already hating you because of something that's not the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crap. Speaking of which, uh, no press for the rehearsals anymore. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I Is it just said, restricted said this... to the performances then? Like, even just for the... Yeah, like the, 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 the first full, week the of full, rehearsals. The full is... dresses. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, be those, those, yeah. There's those, those two rounds of rehearsals where there are, are, are snippets put out, but it's it's fairly well controlled. Uh, we've mm-hmm. been completely cut off from the first rehearsals for a couple years now, and uh, had some access to the second rehearsals this past year, uh, but that is uh, that is not happening anymore either. And, and I remember saying this during uh, during junior when they were being uh, restrictive. On on who could who could see those and, and that sort of thing, uh, that you know the the those rehearsals are for the artists, and so I, I have a hard time being upset about about it being done in this way. I I, I know I know people want all the stuff they can get. They want to know what looks good and who's going to win and yada yada yada. But but uh, mm-hmm. but there's better ways to just know about that earlier. Just play the game like it's supposed to be instead of revealing stuff too early, especially stuff that's incomplete. Mm-hmm. Speaking of knowing things early, though, do we know if there's going to be because um, I'm thinking back to last year, how we were able to find out in advance that Halo was going to blow chunks. Uh, what about that? Uh, <laughs> That, uh, you know, the little, uh, the little, yeah, yeah, what's the little nightclub thing that they would do? You know, the little dance party thing where, you know, some, you know, some of the artists would play their, play their oh, Euro entries. Club? But yeah, the Euro club. Like, do we know yeah, if that's, that's going to be happening again? There's, okay, good. Yeah, that's going to be happening. Yep. Good. That uh, seems to be back in a, in a way. Uh, yeah. In a regular, reliable years. way. Yeah. I think uh, OGA EUK is, is spearheading a lot of that. I think the venue is going to be called the Camp and Furnace, I think, uh, over in, in Liverpool. Oh. So. Yeah, but I but it honestly it seems like you turn around and there's a whole bunch of other even non-official Eurovision content and you know a Eurovision pub quiz here or a drag show there or a concert here or mm-hmm. you know it's it, it seems like people are really picking up on this and even if you don't have access to the official Euro Club but you're going there as a fan there's going to be a lot of fun fun programming off to the side so. Whether, whether you are there as a 
ticketed fan, a non-ticketed fan, a member of the press, a delegation, it seems like Liverpool is really stepping up its game to make sure that everybody's got a fun uh, a fun thing to do. Um, whether they can find accommodation is a different question, but that's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm so excited for this on a, in, in a live staged setting. I think they're going to be having so much fun and I think it's going to be contagious. You know, it, the, the energy they're going to have is going to be very, very palpable to, uh, mm -hmm. to everyone. And, um, let's get back to the songs that we've got coming up. Uh, so we've got finals between, uh, over the next couple of days over in San Marino, uh, Finland on the 25th for the two of those, uh, Poland on the 26th of February mm -hmm. and Germany will have their one shot national final on March 3rd. We are also expecting a song reveal from Cyprus on March 2nd. And we also have a couple more semifinals coming up. Iceland will have their second semifinal on February 25th. Uh, Portugal and Sweden will also have semifinals there. Uh, Portugal's will be their first semifinal for Festival de Gansel. Sweden, this will be their last, um, I guess, first semifinal. Uh, there's going to be a second semifinal that used to be the Anders Johnson, but uh, needless to say, a lot yeah. of people have their eyes on Sweden this weekend because this is where we finally get to hear Tattoo by Lorian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, so. the folks that have heard it are very high on it. Mm hmm at this no, point, I just don't know if, you know, is is Melfest like, you know, we're going to have these semifinals and then is there going to be like a surprise third or fourth or fifth semifinals? Then we have to go to regionals. Then we have to go to sectionals. Like it just turns into like, mm -hmm. you know, competing in any competition here in the States. That's what they yep. should do. They should just have Melfest end like two days before they have to send them to Eurovision. <laughs> oh, if uh, only. Just started in like July. Yeah. <laughs> and then start whittling it down like. Uh, if you're listening year over long there, uh, uh, organizers for Melfest, do it because we could use the content. It's the most popular thing on TV behind Donald <laughs> Duck. Why not? Well, Donald Duck does so, get Donald pants. Duck on the show, friend of the show. <laughs> okay, so at this point, we have 18 mm. songs. Mm. So that's half the roster. Now mm -hmm. we don't have to go into the specifics, but I'm just kind of curious: Have we heard the winning song yet? Well, we haven't got the UK or Germany, who are historically very good in the contest. Germany. <laughs> it was a joke. Oh, the latest oh, thing from Europe, oh. in fact. Uh, have, so we heard, have we heard the winner? Am, I'm gonna say yes. I, you know me, I can't, I can't yeah. put my finger on things until I actually see a staging. I'm going to say no, uh, and I might have a different opinion in a week. Okay. Mm. Derek, what do you mm. think? I want to say yes, but I'm going to say no. Mm. And I think there's a couple of songs that we've heard so far that have a real shot, but we'll see. Yeah. I think we've heard at least one or two of the songs that will end up on the podium. Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. But For sure. I think it's kind of interesting and not to get too much into the whole betting odds thing but i'm kind of surprised where some songs have fallen uh like italy has sort of drifted and i think they're like 10th or 11th right now which hmm. i was really surprised by because everyone seems to like it but at the same time norway has kind of shot up to like third 
Norway, <laughs> yeah, Norway is currently third, and yeah, I I understand that it's fun, but that is that's not winning Eurovision, guys. It, I I don't think so. And you can quote me on that. I am excited. I'm going to make a clip of me saying Norway is not going to win, so that when they do, I can come back and look like a dope. Uh, then when you try like to then when you try to fly to Oslo next year for next year's event. Somebody, somebody at customs oh, they, will have. They are this, welcome to know. try to stop me. <laughs> I have Norwegian heritage; it's my home. That matters, right? Yeah. Uh, our our faves, the favorites, uh, are still Ukraine and Sweden. Uh, Sweden for a song that we haven't heard, and mm-hmm. Ukraine because it's Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and it, it could i i think card of steel is pretty darn good i i don't mm. think it's a i don't think it's a winner but yeah i i i feel like i feel like and i really i really want to try to not buy into big hype or 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 whatever when when the lorraine song uh gets released but i i i think it's possible you know if if people who who i think are normally fairly reserved of, about these sorts of things i mean i know some people just say everything oh that's the winner and then 3 minutes later they hear another winner uh or or whatever but it's, yeah, some like some I people who are a little more yeah a little more reserved about this sort of thing are saying this really could be it so so we'll we'll see we'll see i i think it would be interesting to to have uh, somebody tied i mean if sweden wins they would tie ireland but lorraine would also tie johnny logan uh, mm-hmm. which is, is a little a little bit more remarkable almost really yeah i mean the thing is like i've i've genuinely liked whatever she's brought to melody festival and you know euphoria you could say a million things about euphoria love my heart is refusing me i thought statements was fantastic and robbed mm-hmm. um but supposedly people who have heard this are saying that it is along the lines of euphoria and like a successor to euphoria so i'm hmm. i'm really excited to hear it um hopefully it lives up to the hype you know i want to see i want to see her do well cuz i think she's brilliant but we shall see i mean sweden is always going to be near the top until we get the song it seems like this happens every year yeah true true yeah, it's my All favorite right. tradition is waiting for Sweden to give us another winner. And then <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Classic. Cool. Okay. All right. Let's move. Let's move to oh, let's move to Australia. Yeah, we we've already uh, talked about Voyager and and, and how much we enjoyed the song so far. We, we just wanted to do a quick little quick little deep dive uh, into Australia's history at, at the contest. Um, we we know that they entered the contest as sort of a 60th anniversary gift from the EBU to the universe. Uh, but they have been commenting and viewing and loving Eurovision since 1983. That's how long that they have actually been showing Eurovision on Australian television. Uh, they were featured in a 2014 interval act that I think was really more of a portent of things to come than we expected at that moment. Oh boy! But, I remember really since... disliking that interval. Oh, I should say, Ma Boy, actually. And... No, yeah, I was gonna say, I, I have no idea why they let them in in 2015 with that <laughs> interval act having been approved in 2014. I thought it was cute. They rhymed Albania with genitalia. Why? You're just upset you didn't think of it first. Ah, oh, boy. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh 
Eric, do you want to do a little bit of a, a dive into the Statmotron about about Australia? Not a ton of history uh, with I with mean, Australia. yeah, they've only had a handful. They've yeah. only really had a handful of songs altogether. Yeah, they, they have one podium spot, uh, silver medal, uh, with Damiem's Sound of Silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's as close as they've gotten. They have won two semifinals, uh, S- Sound of Silence uh, being one, and uh, Zero Gravity. I was going to uh, say, that's probably it. Which it only finished ninth in the final, but but won at semi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheldon Riley, uh, despite only finishing 15 and getting nothing from the public, finished second in his semifinal last year, uh, which is, I found very surprising uh, because mm. of I, how it did in the final. And it did, to be clear, deserve better. His perfor- his Saturday night performance was jaw-dropping. Uh, they've only failed to qualify once. Uh, that was Montaigne's Montaigne. second color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had the song in 2020, uh, Don't Break Me, when the contest was canceled. I think that would have done better than 14th in the semi. Uh, mm. worst, worst performance in a final for them was, uh, Jessica Momboy's We Got Love, uh, mm-hmm. finished only 20th, despite finishing fourth in the semi. Uh, I don't know what it is. It seems like Australia loses a bit of support between Tuesday and Saturday, uh, for, <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, and then, of course, it, their, uh, they did have one automatic qualifier also their first year, uh, their first year in the contest. Uh, they were given a fast pass to the final, uh, which is the reason we have one uh, one year uh, with 27 finalists. Uh, it's the only time that's ever happened. And it's because of Australia's auto inclusion. That was a fun year. <laughs> that was a fun. That was year. a good year. Yeah. yeah, it was Derek. That was your first year, too, wasn't it? Never forget your first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, Australia only started... Uh, participating as as Australia in Eurovision, like we said, in 2015. But there have been other Australians uh, either singing for other countries prior to that or even since. Um, members of the New Seekers, the Shadows and Brotherhood of Man back in the 70s, uh, many mm-hmm. of them were Australian. Uh, Olivia Newton-John, of course, the late great Olivia yeah. Newton-John, was English-born, uh, but raised and very much associated with Australia uh, representing representing the UK in 1974. Uh, Johnny Logan, who we've mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, winner for Ireland in 1980 and 1987, was actually born in Australia, moved to Ireland at a very young he age. what? I know. <laughs> that man is not from the subtropics. I don't care what you say. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what part of Australia he was from. <laughs> so he's from he could have he could have been from Hobart. I don't know. Uh, he was born in the uh, Antarctic Territory. <laughs> there we go. Mystery solved. His father was a penguin. <laughs> uh, Gina G, ooh, uh, just a little bit for the United Kingdom oh. back in 96. Uh, also Australian. And wow. uh, the lead singer of Texas Lightning. Because when you think of... Sorry, who? German, German <laughs> band called Texas Lightning singing American-style oh, country. You think Australian. Out. Uh, That's my God. Cute. What year was this? Yeah, two thousand six. Oh, it was cute. It was, it was the dark cute. Ages. It was cute. 
Anyway, since 2015, there have also been a handful of other Australians singing for other countries. Uh, Mary Jean O'Darty was actually a member of Genealogy, singing for Armenia in 2015. So within that oh, pan-Armenian right. diaspora group, she was mm -hmm. the one representing Australia and Oceania. Uh, Anya Nissen for Denmark in 2017 is Australian of Danish heritage. Uh, Marius Baer, this one took me by surprise a little bit. Uh, yeah, uh, actually dual citizen between Switzerland and Australia. Actually spent Excuse a couple of years of his wow. childhood in, in Australia. Uh, again, singing for Switzerland in 2022. And this year for San Marino, like again, at time of recording, his hopes are still alive. Alfie Arcuri is in the running for oh. San Marino this year. Uh, he was a uh, uh, one of the also-rans in the Australian national final last year, the year before, but he's uh, giving it a shot in San Marino this time around. So we'll see what happens with his story later this week. Really quick. I need to say something about San Marino. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I, I watched their, their, yes, yes, we must. It, it was, oh my God. So I watched some of the semifinal for San Remo, San Marino, whatever San Marino today. And they opened with Eiffel 65 those of the blue Daba D persuasion. And I have to say that performance was worse than Peepsy. That's low praise. That's, that's oh, low, man. No, I, I, I would dare say it may be the worst national final related performance I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> what was the oh, name of their that's, song? That's a challenge. That's a challenge. Movie right? stars? It was called, it was called movie. movie yeah. Movies or movie stars. Uh, it was, uh, it was horrific. What, did uh, it just go it, like I'm movie star, movie star? I'm kind of, a yeah. Movie star. Wait for real? No, me. no. Okay. <laughs> it you, sounded you, like um, you sang it better than they did. Just oh. it sounds like your drunk uncle took over the stage at a wedding. Oh yeah, just just like I'm yeah. gonna sing the next song. Oh, and it qualified for the final. By the way, it was it was it was a rough afternoon. Uh, I don't want to say completely across the board. There were a few promising things. I thought a few folks who who were who were pretty darn good singers, but. The Eiffel 65 song was just an absolute, complete peepsy level disaster. Uh, I I hated it. I would drink more peepsy rather than watch it again. Wow! <sighs> I think this bottle of peepsy is going to melt through my floor. Uh, <laughs> Will it go all the way to Australia? Oh, I've been seeing an alien. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Peepsy breakfast of non champions. Uh, mm. we're not getting the Pepsi sponsorship. I know that now. No, we're really not. We're really, <laughs> really not. Oh, you, so, you know what would you know what would perk this up is some Baileys. Oh, Ooh, Pepsi and, and Baileys. Pepsi and Baileys. Uh, no, mm -mm. no, mm -mm. please no. don't. Okay, just okay. I'll do it. I I don't have any Baileys. I don't think. So before we wrap up, I just kind of want to go back to a question you asked before we even recorded the show. You said what what is the Australian experiment a success? Ooh. And I think just really quickly want to touch on that because if you look at their trajectory, their debut, they come fifth, even against kind of a somewhat disinterested televote. Okay, that's a pretty good start. Then they come second. Again, televote not 100% there for them, but still a solid entry. You'd think from there, they're well on their way to winning this whole thing very quickly. They send Don't Come Easy, comes ninth. I think that's better than maybe should have done still a really really good song kind of surprised he came top 10 overall 
Mm. And then We Got Love was 20th. Okay, that makes sense. Like, not a great song. Staging was pretty mediocre. Um, but she qualified. She qualified for the final, she did, though. She did qualify. I would say every song up to that point, as good or, or better than I would have expected it. Then in 2019, we had Zero Gravity, a song that I think easily should have won or come top three, somehow comes ninth. And then not the same really mediocre televote score, 15th overall. I feel like maybe we're, your vision might be done with Australia. Like, I kind of worry, where do they go from here? I think it might be more that they've just sort of become, instead of being that sort of interesting... Uh, novelty uh, 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 yeah uh, they've gone from being sort of that novelty oh yeah australia also to just being another country and mm. and that's i think that's good mm. uh it, it's not necessarily good for them uh yeah. but but i think for for the contest it's it's good sam am i correct that that this is the this is the last year uh that they are at for the moment anyway like invited formally that 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 beyond this year we don't know yet i believe that is the case i think any any further participations after this year may have to be subject to an agreement between the ebu and the australian broadcaster which at this point would be sbs um so i don't know enough about the internal structure of that sort of agreement whether it's you know easy extensions if it has to be reevaluated with a more fine-tooth comb i don't know but I think that original contract does expire after the 2023 event. But I think the fact that they are sending a wide variety of acts, they're not resting on their laurels. I think that it's certainly not a failed or a failing experiment from the Australian point of view. And I think that Eric makes a really good point that people are just seeing them as another country in the contest. You know, when the deck shuffles from semifinals to finals, you're having a whole new set of countries that are voting or not voting and a whole new bunch of songs to vote on or not vote on. So you can't really see the same. Just because something does really, really well in one doesn't mean it's going to fail in the other. I mean, that's how you write a song. <laughs> one, it's semifinal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it kind of came middling mid table. I mean, everything from running order to yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there are so many factors in in anything. It's you know, running order, um, you know, location of commercial breaks, anything. It could just be you know somebody not hitting their vocals perfectly in the jury final that we don't see. So there's a whole bunch of really tiny little you know butterfly flapping its wings in one part of the world causes you know Sheldon Riley to. I don't know, sneeze. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting because I feel like the juries were definitely on their side early on. Uh, and just kind of like Kate and Sheldon, I think they both gave phenomenal performances and the juries were kind of like, ah, it's pretty good, I guess. It's kind of like like zero gravity, I thought would have dominated the, the jury at the very least. Mm. And it kind of got a, a respectable score, but not super high from what i saw i remember i don't know i don't know i don't want to write them off like i would love to see them come back they're bringing something really different they take it seriously i mean they're not sending 
throwaway entries. They're spending a lot of money. They're getting talented people. They're getting good staging. Uh, they're really innovative and different. You know, mm-hmm. to see them go away, I feel like the contest would definitely lose something. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I think I think they've earned their place for sure. What it, the other thing it makes me wonder. Uh, and granted, there are there are hard limits to the number of countries that the contest can have. Like, and there are literal rules about it. But but I, I I wonder, you know, at what point, you know, if this is considered a success, it, it, do we at some at some point start seeing other invitees, like a Canada, or a, a or the God forbid the United States, or or. <laughs> You know, uh, or, or some other countries outside of that, uh, uh, what we call a Europe. Yeah, it, well, will, would we see Kazakhstan? Would we see? Uh, the thing is, Australia was given this invitation because of its long history of connection and fandom and support of Eurovision. Like I said, they started airing the show back in 1983. These other, I don't know of any other country that isn't already participating or hasn't participated that has that kind of history. Even the United States where there are pockets, you know, look at the four of us that are highly, highly dedicated to the contest. We haven't been paying attention for that long, that deeply. So I, I think it would take a really exceptional situation for another country to be given a sustained pass like this. I wouldn't mind being proven wrong. It's entirely possible in the evolution of the contest that they may one day say, we're going to have a wild card slot where mm. every year we're going to invite a different country that has some connection that mm. would be interested and just kind of see what happens. I wouldn't be opposed. I don't know how they would choose. Yeah, I would yeah, love that's, to see that's another, this year's special that's... guest is Kazakhstan, and then next year it's Canada, and the year after that mm. it's south korea for some reason <laughs> oh they would the win damn thing. they'd win it yeah. they'd win it that's why uh, they don't it, do it they'd yeah. win it <laughs> I, and i mean all right and I, I, I think i think the other consideration with that is simply that you know this is a television show and it is run by a business if 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 at some point i don't know maybe maybe uh ratings are down a little bit Maybe they want to. Maybe they want to spice things up. Maybe at some point they just decide it would be good for business to to to, to take some home run swings and let countries in. It it could be it could be something like that too. Uh, I don't and Aust- letting Australia in wasn't that, uh, but I, I think there could be other if if there were to be another reason to let a country like Canada or the U.S. or or Burkina Faso or whoever in that uh, uh, I'm on Team Burkina for the record. Uh, there could be other reasons for it as well. Hmm. All right, everybody at home, let us know what you think. What do you think about Australia's presence in the contest? Past, present, future, all of that. What are your favorite Australian entries in the past? What are your thoughts on some of the songs that were picked this last week? Um, what do you think about Bailey's being a sponsor of the contest? Uh, what are your favorite Bailey's recipes? I'd be very willing to try. Uh, drink responsibly if you do imbibe. If not, that's cool too. Anyway, Feel free to reach out to us on social media. Again, one, two points USA in most of the normal places or some of the abnormal places too. Email us directly at 12 points from America at gmail.com. Ah, same time next week, guys. The better be. That day. All right. <laughs> 
Well, in that case, guys, I've been Samantha. I've been Derek. I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Danny. In <laughs> America. Stop, Stop listening, listening now. Stop listening now. now.